Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. Every fourth episode of the podcast will be a deep dive into the three guest episodes that preceded it. The idea being that we can dive deeper into the topics that have been discussed, pulling out the key insights and learnings which may be useful to you on your leadership journey. The conversation may help you uncover new ways to unleash your own power and potential, as well as the power and potential of those around you. I'm so grateful to all my guests for giving up their time to come and chat with me, sharing their experiences and knowledge so that we may all learn and grow. We're unique individuals and as such resonate with different people and different experiences. And my hope is that by chatting to people from all walks of life, you will find whatever help and support you currently need, even if you aren't consciously aware of it. Our unconscious mind is such a wonderful bit of machinery, but that's probably a podcast conversation for another day. Let's dive in then. The three episodes we're going to explore are episode five, The Answer is Inclusion with Limbert Spencer OBE. Episode six, Workplace Wellbeing with Bobby Hartshorn. And episode seven, Turn Customer Service Inwards with Andrew McMillan. I so enjoyed each and every one of these conversations. And as I listened back to each one in preparation for this episode, I was struck by how different each subject was and also how there were common themes that linked them all. Each person had wonderful insights to share. Firstly, I chatted with the incredible Limbert Spencer about equality, diversity and inclusion, EDI. Such a hot topic and rightly so. Back in the 90s when I started out my management journey, EDI wasn't even a subject I was aware of. Gradually, over time, equality started being discussed and then followed diversity and most latterly inclusion. Now I have to be honest and say that for the longest while, I was uncomfortable with the conversations that were happening around this subject. Not because I didn't believe in the ideology, I absolutely did. It's just that my view has always been to consider everyone and focusing on specific groups just didn't feel right. In respect of the EDI agenda, Limbert says, we failed to make the kind of progress we could over the last 40 years because we've tended to only be concerned at a strategic level with some of them. For me, this is such an important learning 
I'm going to repeat Limbert's words. We failed to make the kind of progress we could over the last 40 years because we have tended to only be concerned at a strategic level with some of them. For Limbert, the answer is inclusion. It's as much about the white, middle-aged, Christian, heterosexual male as it is about the black, single mother. It's not just about some of us, but all of us, and how we ensure we all feel respected and valued for who we are. The first time I heard Limbert speak, I had a massive light bulb moment. His approach, his ideology was something that I totally got. It resonated with me completely. For me, the answer is most definitely inclusion. Therefore, the question has to be, as leaders, how do we create environments that enables each and every one of us to feel valued and respected for who we are? What a powerful byline Limbert has. The answer is inclusion. Now tell me, what is your question? How inclusive are you as a leader? Not just in terms of EDI, but generally. In my book, I talk about how some of us have an inner circle, our go-to people, the people we can rely on, the people we communicate most regularly with. And those that aren't part of our inner circle, well, they're part of our outer circle. How inclusive is this as a strategy? Are we making people feel respected and valued for who they are? Interestingly, both Limbert and Bobby Hartshorn, my guest from episode six, spoke about similar approaches organisations adopt to address the challenges brought about by their subject specialisms, which are woefully inadequate. Chatting to Bobby, her passion for workplace well-being travelled through the airways all the way from Dubai. With a background in higher education, having worked in several institutions, including York, Cambridge, Hertfordshire and Goldsmiths universities and in a number of different roles from widening participation, recruitment to admissions and marketing before taking on a role at the Global Student Accommodation Group. Bobby is well placed to share her views on workplace well-being and how as leaders we need to be taking better care of ourselves and our teams. Bobby really brought home to me that message that workplace well-being is no longer just a nice to have, but a strategic imperative. Why? Because research consistently shows that well-being continues to impact nearly every metric that we would care about as leaders, from financial performance to team cohesion and customer satisfaction. And well-being isn't just important to our current workforce, but also to our future employees. If as an organisation, we want to be an employer of choice that attracts the best talent, then workplace wellbeing needs to be a fundamental part of our business strategy. Understanding that when we are well, 
When our teams are well, then our businesses are well also. And in addition to that, in higher education, surely we have another critical layer. If we are well, our teams and businesses are well, then we are in the best place to ensure our students are also well. As Bobby says, workplace well-being is a critical success factor. Whilst EDI and well-being seem like distinct and separate subjects, both Limbert and Bobby note the pitfalls of just throwing money at these challenges. Limbert describes it as throwing a whole heap of EDI confetti up in the air and seeing what sticks. Whilst Bobby describes it as well washing, saying we're doing lots of things and purchasing things off the shelf and hoping that they are going to be the silver bullets that require very minimal commitment from leadership and management, very little by way of behaviour change, structural change, policy change and value change. Instead, both my guests advocate a much more strategic approach. For Limbert, that's about getting super clear about fundamental concepts, because as he says, how we conceptualize it and what we make it mean determines the actions we take to move forward. Chatting to Bobby, it's clear that those leading the wellbeing transformation are not as far forward as those in the EDI space. But her view of the change that needs to happen is very similar to Limbert's. It needs to start with clarity about what you want to achieve and why. As leaders, every course that we attend, every book that we read, encourages us to always start with where we are going and how we're going to get there. Surely it's lesson 101 for any of us wanting to make some sort of change, whether it be personally or professionally. So why is it that we aren't able to do this? My final guest from episode seven was Andrew McMillan, a customer service and employee engagement specialist who I had the pleasure of working with back when I was Director of Campus Services for Royal Holloway. We wanted to improve our approach to customer service. And even though this is a word that Andrew is wary of using, we wanted it to form a fundamental part of our culture. Instinctively, I knew that if as a department, we could turn our customer focus inwards, we could provide our students, staff and visitors with a much better experience. Working with Andrew, we followed his six-step process with relative ease until it came to the measurement piece. Andrew was insistent that we identify some measures to help us track our progress. I had a strong, visceral reaction to this. How could we put measures around something that was so intangible? A waste of time, not needed, I thought. Not possible, I believed. And looking back now, there was probably even a bit of, this is too much like hard work, although I would never have admitted it 
at the time. I put forward all my well-rehearsed points to Andrew, but still he encouraged me to give it a go. It was hard work and there were a few what the heck are we doing moments, but the results were worth it. I had no clue at the time, but we were in fact diving deep. And as I now understand and will preach to anyone who will listen, as leaders, we need to dive deep because unless we dive deep, we cannot hope to climb high. In the end, we ended up with a set of metrics that could be applied to every part of our department, from accommodation and catering to maintenance and sport. The process of identifying each measure really helped us to strengthen our understanding of what we wanted to achieve and how we were going to get there. It stopped us from doing the equivalent of throwing EDI confetti up into the air or well washing. Going through this process also helped us become super clear about what we wanted to achieve in terms of behavioural change. And for me, this is a fundamental piece that is often missing when we articulate where it is we want to go. We fail to spend time thinking about what will be different when we achieve our goal. What will we see, hear and feel? How will our experience have changed? How will the experience of our team, colleagues, students have changed? By diving deep and really getting to grips with what would be different, we were then able to identify what metrics we needed to track our progress. By doing this work, we also stumbled across another major realisation. We finally understood that to get where we wanted to go, we didn't need a plethora of change. If every person in our team was able to make one or two behavioural changes, the impact would be enormous. This is the clarity that Andrew helped me to gain. And the approach is now one I take with all my clients. Just last week, I was working with the commercial services senior team of a Russell Group University, helping them uncover their vision. Towards the end of the day, our discussion focused on how they could bring the entire team along with them on this adventure. As Andrew had done with me all those years ago, I too found myself remaining firm on the recommendation to establish the metrics which would measure their progress, but also to be super clear about what they wanted to achieve and what actions they were going to take as a result to keep things simple. Andrew used this word simple frequently during our podcast conversation. And for some, it may seem like he was downplaying the power of simplicity. Limbert too makes reference to simplicity. What once may have felt incredibly difficult take Limbert's reference to making sourdough bread, becomes so much more simple the more we do it. But for things to become simple, we need to go through the sometimes difficult process of understanding what can make it so. As leaders, when we dive deep, 
We are processing the difficult to make it simple so that we can climb high. All three of my guests shared such wonderful insights around three very different topics. But the common thread across all the conversations was to be super clear about where you are going and identify what will be different as a result. Also, to recognise that if you are going to tackle any of these challenges, they're not just a three, six or 12 month project, but a never ending climb. Once embedded into your team, department or organisation, EDI, well-being and customer service will still require someone to lead their continual growth and development. Just like beautiful plants that grow in your garden, they will need to be carefully nurtured if you want them to continue to be a thriving, vibrant part of your culture. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Louisu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple Podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't.